So if you're unfamiliar with Sally Lloyd-Jones, I highly recommend her to you. We're going to read her book, My Merry Christmas. And, uh, and I like Sally because she draws out the gospel throughout the story. She's very gospel-centered. Um, and there's a, one of her books is the Jesus Storybook Bible and how she shows how all the stories of the Bible point to Jesus. And I think it's so important, especially to capture the hearts of our little ones, to see um, that Jesus is all throughout Scripture. So if you would follow along, what is Christmas, do you know? Gifts and food and lots of snow, twinkling lights, a Christmas tree, angels, stars, and family. Yes, all of that and even more. So what is Christmas really for? The lights that glitter on the tree tell us Jesus came to be. A light for us, and so we say, this Christmas time and every day, light our path, dear Lord, we pray. Angels sparkling in the light remind us angels sang that night to sing to us, hooray, hooray, Good news, God's Son is born today. Sing for joy on Christmas Day. The tree that's green when others die tells us Jesus came and why. To give us life, so we say, this Christmas time and every day, live in us, dear Lord, we pray. Above our tree, the twinkling star tells us wise men traveled far to find the king. And so we say, this Christmas time and every day, be our king, dear Lord, we pray. The gifts that sit beneath our tree tell us God's love for you and me. This Christmas time and every day, thank you, God, for Christmas Day. For God loved the world in this way, he gave his one and only son. What a beautiful reminder, and the prayers that she put through there uh, go along with the points that I have for our sermon this morning. And I'm going to start in Isaiah chapter 9, if you'd like to turn there um, with me, and then we're going to also go to John chapter 1, so if, uh, just so you're prepared. But a good reminder of what Christmas is about and finding each of those parts of Christmas that points us to Jesus and to what he's doing and to learn that, you know, uh, the Christmas tree was originally uh, a tree that was hung with apples on it to remind um, of God, the Garden of Eden, the tree of life in the Garden of Eden. And then there... The, uh, an ancient German tradition was to have a triangle with a star on top of it where they would put uh, ornaments for Christmas. And so it ended up being the combination of a tree pointing to the, the tree of life in the Garden of Eden and the, the star that brought the wise men it has kind of morphed into our modern day um, Christmas tree. And I never really knew that until recently reading through some of the history on it. But this, uh, this, this symbol that brings us from the beginning of time and creation to the 
the fulfillment of the promise of our Savior that he arrived in, the, in this Christmas time. And so it's good for us to know why we, why we celebrate and things that we do, but also to look for those things to say, hey, you know, this points us to a promise. This points us to a Savior. Uh, so if you're with me in Isaiah chapter 9, we're going to read 2 through 7. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. You have multiplied the nation, you have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as they are glad when they divide the spoil. For the yoke of his burden and the staff for his shoulders, the rod of his oppressors, you have broken as on the day of Midian. For every boot of the trampling uh, tramping warrior in battle tumult and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire for to us a child is born to us a son is given and the government shall be on his shoulder and his name shall be called wonderful counselor mighty god everlasting father prince of peace of the increase of his government and uh, of his peace there will be no end on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice, with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of his host will do this. As I was uh, reading through this, we've been going through Malachi and, uh, and, and Peter talked about last night how in Malachi promised that God would send a forerunner before him to prepare the way, and that, um, and we see that in, in John the Baptist. But uh, and Jesus came; that He came; that God came to this this world in the person of Christ. And um, as I was pondering it, like um, the promised Messiah in Malachi promised uh, that He's going to come with judgment and set all things right. And what Malachi didn't foresee. Or understand was uh, that that this, the Redeemer, the Messiah, was going to come, but his first time coming is coming with an offer of peace. That he came and entered in the space rather than bringing judgment. Um, uh, when he first came, he came to take on the judgment, to take on our guilt, to take on our shame, and to take it to the cross. And uh, and so when we see the story of Christmas. And we see that there's specific prophecies throughout Bible, the Bible that point to this day that we celebrate the fulfilled promise. We are, um, we, and we read it in here, we are just amazed by it. And so um, as we read this storybook and as we look in this passage, I thought there's four prayers that we should be praying each Christmas time to be reminded of it. And we see it here in Isaiah 9 and in all parallel and some in, in John chapter 1. Um, but it does this promise that for, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and this government shall be on his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. This is who came. This is who entered into our space. And so the first prayer is then um, this Christmas time to pray that God be our light, that Jesus, the one who came, would be our light. You see, Isaiah 9 says, the people who walked in darkness, the people are like, we live in a dark world and we are prone to desire darkness in john chapter three nineteen, it says and this is the judgment the light has come into the world and people love the darkness 
rather than the light because their works were evil. So our wicked hearts have this inclination towards darkness to suppress the truth, and we need the light of Christ to open our eyes to what we're missing. And so we in Isaiah 9 says that the, they walked in darkness, they have seen a great light. Uh, those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. The grace of God through the light of Christ has shined, and that's something we have to, to call out and ask God to open our eyes, as the, as the psalmist wrote, open our eyes that we might see wonderful things in your word. And so we come to God, can I see the truth of Christ? And John 1, 9 says, the true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world and has come into the world. And so the one thing I know about myself is I don't know what I, what I can't see. I don't know the darkness I have, and I need, I need Christ to shine his light in me. And I need other believers to point those things out, and I need to pray, Jesus, be my light. Be my light today so that we can, as uh, in Proverbs says that, um, I'm misquoting, I, I want to go back to the Psalms, that the word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Right, And then so this is what we're praying. Jesus, be our light on this Christmas day. But also here in, in Isaiah, we're reminded that Jesus is our joy to pray. Be our joy. It says, you have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as they are glad when they divide the spoil. Joy is something we, we want to take and celebrate on Christmas because the Savior has come. Now, in this, we have to recognize that the, the Christmas story being a, a really, it's a human story, meaning that it's full of, of pain and struggle. And sometimes we don't pause and look at that, and we don't have time really today to go through all of it. But as I was thinking of it, in Luke 1, we're reminded that a, a, a couple who are advanced in their years and had never had children... Think of all the angst and emotion that they had all these years of struggling with infertility before God spoke to Zechariah and Elizabeth in the birth of John the Baptist. We have a, a young couple who are just figuring life out and Joseph and Mary uh, when a disruption that was bigger than anything we could ever imagine happens and how they would survive this. And, and we do see that the angel appeared to Joseph and said, don't be afraid to take her. But all of us as humans know that even when some truth comes to us, we still struggle with insecurities and, and doubts and, and, and rifts and stuff like that. And so imagine all the, the struggles that would take place in a very human couple there. Then we see um, the workers in the fields and the shepherds out at night um, and, and thinking of just life like that's happening all around, like uh, all the different parts of the story. If we would just stop and unpack the human aspect of it. And this is what Jesus chose to do. The, the Son of God, the Word of God who became flesh, came into this to take on our struggle, our pain, our experience, which should cause us to have joy that a God who created all things would then be willing to come and sit beside me, to hold my hand, to walk through pain with me. He never says in the Bible that he would take all the pain and struggling away. He says he'll be with us, that his presence brings us joy and it's this is the part of christmas for most of that we have the presents we have the celebrations we have a lot of part of the joy but then there's the quiet hours either that follow shortly after or precede it where we're we're struggling through different things in life 
And so the busyness and the joy of the celebration can mask it, but it's still there. And the thing is, is that Jesus is present. And so be our joy, that when things don't go the way I want them to do, when I can't be where I want to be, where I'm not with the people I want to be with, but he is my joy and he is my sustainer. In John 1, again, it says, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. That our joy doesn't come from this life, but it comes from being part of his family through Jesus, who was born as a baby that day. And in chapter, in verse 16 of chapter 1, it says this, also from Jesus, from his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. What more could we ask for to bring joy to our hearts than to see the grace of God that has been given to us in Jesus Christ and in his resurrection, the forgiveness of sins, uh, the adoption into his family, the promised home one day with him, and that, uh, and that one day he will make all things right, that we can trust him. And so the, the third prayer then is to be our life that we, we should, it's a, that we want him to guide us, to direct us, uh, and to be what everything's about, that our focus on him. But in chapter 9 of Isaiah, it says, For the yoke of his burden and, his, and the staff on his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. That he is a redeemer who has broken the yoke of bondage. That most importantly, he has broken the bondage to sin that we are born into and broken and given us true life, a life to, to live in freedom and relationship with him. Again, in John 1, 4, it says, In him was life, and the life was the light of men. That he is the one who gives us life. He is the author and giver of life. He's the one who breathed the breath of life into us and sustains us. And, by all, and Colossians reminds us that he holds all things together. But Jesus himself reminded us this, that the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy, but I came that you may have life and have it abundantly, that he can be our life. And, and so this Christmas, praying, God, help me know the abundant life. Help me live like Jesus lived. Be in me. And Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life I live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And so we have this opportunity on each Christmas and every day to remember, to pray, God, be our life, that my focus is on him. And lastly, to be our king. This is a big one. This is, this is hard. A lot of times we, we like to, to pray uh, for, you know, coming to Jesus. We want to follow Jesus. We say things, but we oftentimes don't understand what it means to, to understand Jesus as king, which he is. But it means that we, life changes. There's accountability, that he's my leader. He's the one who tells me where to go and what to do and how to live. And this is where I need to come and surrender to my king because he is the king of kings. But again, in Isaiah 9, we just read, it says, on the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. That he is the king who will reign from this time on forevermore. And so we want to be on 
the side of the right king, the one true king, the one who's going to reign forever. And oftentimes we're pulled away to follow things in this life that are temporary and fleeting. But all it takes is to turn and repent and to follow him, to say, I need his way, not my way. And I want to take on um, his name and, and he is my king. This is the one we're talking about. Again, in John chapter 1, it says, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. He is the king because he's the creator. He's the one who gave us everything. He gave us life. He gives us opportunity. And uh, there's no one in this world that is without hope of knowing the one true king if they follow these prayers. That, Lord, be my light, be my joy, be my life, be our king. When we, when we come to him like this in the uh, posture of humility uh, to celebrate who he is, that when he entered in our space, he provided a way to be in a right relationship with him for all of eternity. And so as we think through these things and as we celebrate this, we really can say thank you, Lord, for this Christmas day because God entered into our space so that we might know him and that we might enjoy him uh, and that through the human experience, we know we have a Savior who walked this path ahead of us. And all we need to do is that next step to follow him. And so will you trust him? Will you follow him? Will you pray these prayers today? Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for these Christmas truths, the promises of the prophets and, uh, and the, the fulfillment in the New Testament, and that, Lord, that you, you are the keeper of your word, that you are the one true God who created all things, you sustain all things, Lord, and that we can trust you. Lord, we pray today that, that we would be reminded that you are the light of the world and that you would be our light that you would be our joy, or that you would be our life, Lord, and that you would be our king, that we would follow you each and every day. And so we thank you for this Christmas day and every day. In Jesus' name, amen.